We are in Alma 49. And I want to start with two words. And the words are in verse 33, or 30, excuse me. And it says, Yea, and there was continual peace among them, and exceeding great prosperity in the church, because of their heed and diligence. And so we're really going to focus on those two words of heed and diligence. And so we know that the Lamanites are coming to attack. And it's weird that we just title it Lamanites because that's Amalekiah who has gone and remember done this constant stream of negativity and stirred them up against the Nephites. And so it's a lot of dissenters from the Nephites. But we just call them Lamanites. So they come and they come first of all to Ammonihah. And Ammonihah, you will remember, is where Amulek lived. And it was totally destroyed after they cast out the believers. But they obviously, the Nephites have obviously built the city back up. And it is a place of Nephites. And they come to destroy it. And they're shocked. And Moroni has cast up dirt, cast up dirt, sorry, verse 2. Um, that it will fortify a, around the city so that they have these forts that they can look down and they can cast down stones and arrows and they can protect themselves. And so Ammonihah has been <clears throat> rebuilt. And it tells us that the only place the Lamanites can come in in verse 4 is at the place of entrance. And it tells us in verse 5 that these chief captains of the Lamanites are exceeding astonished. And the reason is that these were dissenters. He strategically placed them in the lead of the army so that they would have knowledge of these Nephite cities and that it would benefit them to come in and destroy these Nephite cities. And they're, they're floored because for the past four years, while they have been working fraud and deceit and pairing with Satan to gain power and prestige, Moroni and the Nephites have been gathering. They have the title of liberty. They have been turning the hearts to God. They have been leading their people to fortify and strengthen and be ready, but also to trust and building their faith in trusting God. And I love this. And one of the things that's really cool is in verse six, it says, now the leaders of the Lamanites had supposed because of the greatness of their number. Okay, so if we have so many, surely we'll win. So first off, the greatness of their number, yea, they supposed they should be privileged to come in as they had hitherto done because they decimated Ammonihah before, okay? That And also they had prepared themselves. So here's the second thing with shields and breastplates. So they've mimicked the Nephites. Remember how they gave credit before to this battle that they were twice as many and the Nephites won and they gave credit to their armor. Okay, not only that, here's the fourth thing. And very thick garments to cover their nakedness. So they have totally mimicked what the Nephites, what they gave credit to. And the thought I had is... I have a, my daughter has a very good friend who got a 36 on the ACT the very first time that he took it. And my daughter could very easily go, okay, I want to get a 36 on the ACT. So I'm going to borrow his glasses. I'm going to borrow his clothing. I'm going to even maybe even talk to him or walk like him 
or do my hair like him and surely that will give me the ability to get a 36 on the ACT. Well, that's comical. That would never happen, right? She has to do what he does. She has to give heed and diligence to what he does. She has to study like he studies. She has to put in the time in his classes, take the classes that he's taken. It's the same thing I have always wanted to sing incredibly well. I want to have an incredible voice. And it's one of the things that I think in heaven that I'm going to be rewarded because I have given heed and diligence. I have taken lessons. I have taken classes and I have tried. But here's the thing. <laughs> I have not given my all as many musicians do. That has not. I have given my heed and diligence, but it's been minimal amount of time compared to theirs. So I could fix my hair like them. I could put a dress on like them. I could get the same tools that they have, a microphone like them. But until I spend all of my time, my heed and my diligence and have that be my priority, I'm not going to sing like them. And so you get the point. Here's the Lamanites who have mimicked what they have given credit to for the Nephites, but they're missing the total point. And the sad thing is there's many dissenters here and they should know they should know and they do know because they would not believe in God, right? Those words would not. They should have given heed and diligence as Moroni and the Nephites did. Okay, so it tells us in 7, they thought for sure they could yoke them down to bondage or slay them or massacre them according to their pleasure. Okay, they thought it would be easy. It wasn't. They're stunned. They can't believe it. This has obviously come because of the same thing that we believe in now in our church, revelation. Moroni is being is receiving revelation because of his heed and diligence in doing what the Lord asks. He is being inspired how to fortify the city. And it says in verse 8, never had been known among the children of, of Lehi in a manner never to have been known. He's receiving modern revelation. And it's incredible. And we receive that now. It's President Nelson who the co covenants and the commandments never change, but the programs and the procedures of the church do because we are a church of modern revelation and even in our own life we are told if we pray we can receive revelation from God for our lives and President Nelson is huge on that now I love in verse 10 it says now if King Amalickiah had come he would have caused them to attack regardless and it tells us he did not care for the blood of his people not even these captains that he's put, that he's taken with us, these lower judges, these dissenters, he could care less. His only concern is what his goal is, and that is for domination, and it's his pride. So again, that goes back to that lesson we t talked about. You have to know people's desires, and we know Amalekiah's desires. Okay. All right. So they go, and they're going to go to these other lands and try it. I want to jump over to verse 20. Um. 
So it says they come to the wall or verse 18, they come to the door. That's the only the entrance into the city is the only way they can attack. They come and it tells us in verse 20, the Nephites were prepared with the body of their strongest men with swords and slings that they would smite down any who should attempt to come in their place of security. So Moroni has been inspired how to prepare at this door. And so they don't leave their guard down. They have their strongest men there. Okay. Now the other thing is when that doesn't happen in 22 they start to hurry and try and dig down these banks of earth and it tells us um that captain moroni in previous chapters we know there's been towers erected so that they can see when the enemy is attacking and so it's very easy for them to throw rocks and shoot arrows okay and so they're filling up it says the ditches with their wounded rather than the dirt and the thing i love about this is in verse 23 Thus the Nephites had all, all power over their enemies. That is so key. And so I would ask my students or my children, how do we gain all power? Is it possible to gain all power over Satan or the enemy? How did these Nephites gain all power? And in past lessons, we've, we've learned where it said they taught them an everlasting hatred of sin. That's such a goal for us parents, isn't it? To teach our children an everlasting hatred of sin. And here it says the Nephites had all power. So this is the whole, what this whole chapter is about. How do we gain all power over Satan in our homes? How do we fortify and raise our children to know they can have all power over Satan and over the enemy? And so this is really, really key. Okay, so we go on and it tells us that thousand of the Lamanites are slain and then it tells us not a single one of the Nephites is slain and that's key because that's what we want in our home. We don't want any bondage and we don't want any slain, right? So it's possible to have all power. And then it goes on um, and it tells us, nevertheless, there were 50 that got wounds in their legs, which were really severe. So we can get wounded, right? But these are these strong men that are positioned at the city gate. And you can see that as they would stick in their weapons, right? And try and get anything that wasn't covered with armor, which would be their legs. So you can see, but only 50 and it's a wound that they can overcome. So I love this, okay? And then it tells us that the people come back to tell Amalekiah about this battle and it's just not working and to tell him how they have fortified their lands now. It's not just the armor. It's not just um, the clothing that they have. And so they're coming and telling him and what does he say? He's so angry. He doesn't even listen to what they're saying. He's so angry. And not only that, he curses God in verse 27. And what does that tell you about how far he has gone when he turned from the truth, when he turned from God, when he turned from the gospel? He's gone so far. The Lamanites don't curse God. He curses God and also Moroni and swears with an oath he will drink his blood. And I have written right there, that will never come to a good end. And we will see. You dare to come against God, we will see what your end is. And we will see it with Amalekiah. Okay, and then it says an awesome verse 28 in stark contrast to that. And it came to pass, on the other hand, the people of Nephi did think the Lord their God for his matchless power in delivering them from the hands of their enemies. So gratitude and turning to God, putting understanding where their power came from 
Okay, and then we come down to verse 30. And that's why I really wanted to center on these two words. So again, that question, can, is it possible to have all power over our enemies? Yea, and there was continual peace among them, the Nephites, and exceeding great prosperity. So remember how I'm taking a tally now of every time it says we're obedient, the Lord prospers us. So here's, again, great prosperity in the church. Because of their heed and diligence, which they gave to the word of God. Okay, and I love that. Because what heed and diligence means is that every day when we wake up, we know there is nothing more important than doing those things we've been taught by our prophet and our apostles. And that is saying our prayers, reading our scriptures, studying our scriptures, having come follow me, asking if there's some way we can serve the Lord that day. That is our heed and that is our diligence. It is never getting lazy on those things. And also our daily repentance saying, I didn't do that as well as I should have yesterday. I'm going to step it up and do better today. What do I need to be forgiven of? What could the Lord have used me more in? What can I step up in? That is heed. And that is diligence. Having our focus continually on the Lord. And that gives us all power over our enemy. And I love that. What an awesome thing to be taught in this chapter. Okay, very last thing that I wanted to say also in verse 30, it says, which was declared, the word of God, which was declared by Helaman, Shiblon, and Corianton, and Ammon and his brethren. And so remember, Alma is dead. Alma the younger is dead. But Ammon and his brethren are still alive, and they're still going strong, being missionaries. But I love that it mentions Helaman, Shiblon, and Corianton. Because you'll remember, Corianton was on a mission and sinned. And his dad had this three-chapter talk with him about stepping up and repenting and not worrying about whether it's punishment because it's a consequence to a lie. And he gives that great whole dialogue to his son and then says to him, now go forth and teach. And here we have the witness that Corianton did that, to, that he repented and here he is teaching the word of God. And I think that we can't pass over because that is amazing and how proud his dad must be looking from heaven and seeing the heed and the diligence that he has given to the prophet's word, his father's word, but also to the word of God and that he is now helping others do the same thing. And so I just love this. I hope you know the church is true. And I hope more than that, you know how much the Savior loves you.